Welcome to another edition of the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasilo. Sitting opposite me is my co-host, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. We are recording this in Los Angeles, California, in at the Earwolf Studios. Uh, thanks very much to those guys for letting us come in here. Uh, it's, it's, it's nice in here, isn't it? It's good. It's, um... Uh... It's a little bit scary, although there's a, there's a heavily graffitied table in front of us with mm. a lot of uh, much, much, much more important people than us scrawling on it. Yeah, I'm, I can see David Cross's autograph. I can see Zach Galifianakis's. This is sort of taking me back to when we used to record in uh, in Sin FM, except instead of famous people's signatures, it was just like, who's a slut from was, around the university? Just students. Half-eaten Mars bars. Yeah. So uh, it is a beautiful uh, Los Angeles day outside. Um, We've been here for a few days now. Uh, We're both yet to do any laundry since we've been here, which I'm looking at you. I thought that was going to be the first thing brought up. Very evident. You're walking. Let's describe what you're wearing. You're wearing a soccer shirt, a Carlsberg, a red soccer shirt. Some shorts and then... Uh, some some teeny weeny little... Some tiny little yeah. shorts, running shorts. Yeah. You've got your Nikes on and then you've got big, thick red socks. Yep. You basically look like Harry Kewell's fallen on hard times. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> like, you just look... And uh, also... It looks like I thought the Homeless World Cup was in America this year. <laughs> It's like you're walking down the street and you're carrying all your possessions in and this... And I've got a bit of... I've got about a, a week and a half's growth. Uh-huh, well. yeah, yeah. And you're carrying your possessions in a ratty old tote yeah, bag. Yeah. You just look... <laughs> you look... Redi- and meanwhile, the only thing left of my... I've, all my T-shirts are dirty, so now I'm just into wearing my nice shirts just down the street. So I look like I'm about to go out disco dancing or whatever. You, you and- look like you've bailed me out or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's get into it. Uh, our guest today in the Little Dum Dum Club, he was the host of the Earwolf Challenge. He's the founder of the Upright Citizens Brigade. He is the host of his own show, The Backroom. Please welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club, Matt Besser. Yay! Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we not famous yet? What have we done? Have you gone to Hollywood in Vine? Mm-hmm. You did? Yeah. And you got your picture taken under the Hollywood sign? Oh, no, we didn't do that yet. Well, you got to do that before you become famous. Is that a famous passport photo? Is that it? On Hollywood Boulevard? Yeah. That might work. They'll get into all the clubs. Oh, man, that's what we need to do. That's what we're doing wrong. You guys are going clubbing? So far, the only place we can get into is the Cat and Fiddle. We haven't been able to get anywhere. I don't think I'm even allowed to get in there at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Matt, it is just nice to be talking to you in the same room, in the same time zone, because uh, I don't know if... I'm presuming people who listen to our show, or maybe not everyone, uh, we were competing in uh, the Earwolf Challenge, which was a podcasting uh, competition. There were 10 shows in it. Uh, We were the only Australian show, and Matt was the host of that show. So we uh, we had to do coaching sessions with you over Skype. Uh, we had a late, well, we had a lot of conversations that felt to us like booty calls because we were talking to you at four in the morning. So <laughs> I gotta say, and like you know, I guess I'm a little bit older than you guys, but I'm always amazed by the fact I can talk to you guys in Australia. And I know, I guess I shouldn't be. I guess phones have been around for a long time. But even the show you guys did on my show last night, mm-hmm. when we're we had one of your guys' fans from Australia on, yeah. you know, where he's he's on the webcam. To me, that's just amazing. Yeah. Well, when we were doing that show, it was 7 p.m. Los Angeles time, but mm-hmm. one in the afternoon back at home, which made it the, sort of the perfect thing for our unemployed fans to call in, which is all of them, I yeah. presume. They yeah. all look like me at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So another thing that we noticed when we would listen back to 
episodes of the Earwolf Challenge where <laughs> we were talking with you after you'd done our calls, you would you would just hang up Skype and then just start bagging us. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I imagine this must be a bit of a challenge for you in that you can't you got nowhere to hide this time. There's well, no- not really, because I'm in America. You guys have no fucking idea what's going on here, man, and who I know. That's one, true. One time I was in this bar with a friend of mine. And uh, he's like me. He's not an intimidating-looking guy as far as getting in a bar fight. And uh, But he was, like, just fucking insulting everybody around in a really funny way. And I was like, Noah, man, what are you doing? You're going to get our ass kicked. And he's like, no, these are all tourists because it was near Wrigley Field, uh, the Cubs stadium in, in, in uh, Chicago. He's like, no, none of the, all of these guys think I'm a local, and none of these guys know anyone else in the bar. So they think that I... I'm so confident that I must know everybody, so mm-hmm. no one's going to pick a fight with me. Right. We could not look more touristy when we go out. I you don't think, think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, currently, well. Carl at the moment in no, his... No, I think I, I fit in at the moment. There's plenty of crazy looking hobos walking down the street today. Like, yeah, I guess I'm so. just one of those guys. Yeah, I suppose I so. I just need a coffee cup empty and jangling change in it. Mm, that's I'll true. Fit right that's in. true. Now, just, I'm interested in just before when you said, like me, he's not an intimidating looking guy. In a bar fight, I think right. you're looking. You're, you're a pretty tall guy. Tall, dude. Believe me, I'm the first guy. If someone's just going to randomly pick a fight with someone, I am the one. Really? Because it's like they don't look bad. Because I'm not a short guy, mm-hmm. but it's like he look. He's. I'm tall, so it looks like it's okay to pick a fight with me, but easy to take down. Right. And does that does that happen a lot? Yeah. Throughout my <laughs> really? life. Yeah. One time I was walking down the street in New York. It was, you know, like 4 a.m. I was coming home from a bar and I hear these, there's these three people um, approaching me and I hear one guy going, motherfucker, next person I see looks at me wrong. I'm going to smack him in the face. And I was like, oh, shit. And there's like no one else on the street but me. And I'm like, oh my God. And I try to kind of veer like I'm going to cross the street and he comes up and he smacks me in the head fucking cop car pulls up on the sidewalk immediately pulls up gets out they're like what happened like this guy just came up and uh hit me in the head and the guy goes (laughs) points at me and goes he called me a nigger (laughs) (laughs) i was like what and it's just obvious this guy was all cracked out and crazy so i won that dispute but yeah i think people go to me i'm a magnet for uh cold cocks well especially when you're calling them niggers (laughs) i did not you misconstrued this story (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna say that about you when we hang up this conversation we're gonna lose our one that's the power of being a dj though it with the phone calls is like anytime you start start to lose the argument yeah. Hang up. Well, I mean, we the, something that b- got brought up on the forums a bit for the the Earwolf Challenge. There were forums where people would log on and talk about it. Um, I think a lot of uh, American listeners were saying that our show was very morning zoo esque, which is not not a huge. Th- it's sort of a different thing in Australia. We don't have that kind of cliche of like you know Wolfie and the and the acorn or whatever. The I think classic. That, uh, that is I think that can one. mean both positive in that you're more professional and you guys are just about talking really the reason i bring it up is because i think i said this to you on the plane on the way over here i was watching a bit of parks and recreation and happened to stumble Uh. upon (laughs) an episode that i hadn't seen that you are in playing one of those guys one of those typical and the joke is it's just fart sounds galore and all sorts of shit sound effects crazy ira yeah and i got kind of paranoid about coming over here and meeting you because i was like oh is this what he thinks we are that was a direct (laughs) parody of you two (laughs) somehow filmed before you knew about us but sometimes 
when you're promoting something like whatever a DVD release or something, and the your PR people put you on radio tours, is that the, what you guys call them? But you basically get on the phone and they just take you through all these different morning mm-hmm. zoos yeah, yeah, across yeah, the country. Yeah. Like yep. you go through twenty or thirty of them in the space of two hours. It's crazy, mm. but. Every time there's like four or five people in these morning zoos and there's so much talking over each other mm. and sound effects and the inside jokes is what really drives me crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you got a, a wet knee, huh, Matt? <laughs> Are you one of those wet knee guys? I'm like, what? And I can just start to conjecture. What's he mean by wet knee? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a wet knee. And all of a sudden you feel like you're not funny because you don't know what they're talking about. Sure, sure. I, uh, I, I I like the idea that you've got five voices in a room and you still need sound effects. Like, yeah. surely there's already enough going on. Um, uh, there's one woman that just laughs. Hmm? That's all she does. Yeah, all yeah. Right. Well, that's me on this show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I um, uh, we, we did one of them recently with Weird Al. We were, he, we, we were part of his press junket for his album coming out in Australia. We did mm. like a short, uh, what do we have, like 10 minutes uh, yeah, on the I phone to them? 10, 15? And I have no reservations in saying that we would have been the least professional show that he talked to all day. He probably but, enjoyed you the most, though, because when I do those things, like if you have anyone, well, everybody knows Weird Al, but when they would do it with me, if they didn't know me, they gave me no respect and treat me sure. like I'm an asshole so it's to me the sometimes the least professional the more fun it was just to spell this out we did open Tommy did open by going hey <laughs> good to hear you Al um, my first question is uh, Carl do you have any questions that's uh, freaked out <laughs> that's, that's unfair out. that's unfair my voice broke a few more times right, right. than what you did just then but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah that, that was the thing I mean I was so paranoid about that I, I sort of was aware of that uh, that that thing from before we did that that thing of you know these guys having to sit there on the phone and do eight of these shit shows and i just suddenly got really paranoid about oh he's, he's this is probably like a real burden to him like i don't want him i don't want him to thinking like oh i've got to talk to the little dum-dum club I, I know he's great and everything but my my friends did listen to that episode and they hadn't listened to any before and they said that my friend said to me just just a just a bit of warning. If you guys are actually trying to be a radio show and trying to go on air professionally and stuff, if you've got a bloke in your team that freaks out by talking to weird Al Yankovic, then you've got some problems ahead of you. That's not a very good friend, though. <laughs> if you're really trying to do a radio show, if you guys really want to do it, it's I hate like, when people call your thing little, whatever it is. So you're still doing that little comedy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah, so yeah. Little. That's, yeah. A, that's what I would say. I think that's, that turns yeah. anything into an insult if you just yeah, put definitely. little in there. Yeah, yeah. How's your little thing going? There's this guy that from uh, in the same class at college, and uh, every year he calls me to donate to the college. I don't know if you guys do that down there. Do you have colleges, higher education? Do you guys we don't have, have school. books? No. <laughs> but he calls me every year to ask for a donation. He always says that. You're still doing the comedy thing? And also saying still doing implies you can't believe I ever did it or yeah. that I could survive or that yeah. it'll ever work. And I'm always like, as long as you keep saying that, you're not getting yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> the subtext is, haven't given up yet, hey? Yeah. Um, we, we've discussed this a few times. I don't know if on the show, but yeah, putting little in front of, like, even even the C-bomb feels like it's not, you know, like it's lost some of its edge, but calling someone a little C-bomb is like just, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of recapturing the harshness of what... Yeah, even when you say it's like, uh, if you call someone little and they're not even little, they, they'll get really angry like mm. as if they are little. Like saying you're a dickhead. Oh, whatever. You little dickhead. Yeah, it yeah. just has so much more I, I feel the... 
Um, we drive a lot here in LA, obviously, and I feel anytime you get cut off, you gotta insult the other person. And for men, it's kind of difficult. You gotta figure it out. But for women, no matter how they look, even if they're totally skinny and hot, if you call them fat, <laughs> <laughs> it will get in their head. My so dad's favorite. My dad's favorite one is anyone who cuts him off in traffic. He'll go, "Oh, what are you doing, you lesbian?" It can be like a that's six- what your dad says. Yeah, it can be like a sixty-year-old Asian dude, and he's still like, "Oh, look at this lesbian!" Like that's just his. <laughs> that's just his angry. I like Maybe that- he doesn't know what a lesbian is. <laughs> it gets very possible. I like that thing of calling people fat when they're not fat, and I, I've meant to say it a couple of times to you, Tommy, but. Since we've been in LA a week, we've put on quite a bit of weight, so now it's a little bit literal. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no, no, but I mean, Jesus. I want to say... Knew, if you knew the internal demons in my head that you're awakening right now. No, I'm saying I am too. I've put on weight as well. I'm saying I don't want to open up that, that box of fat calling mm. because I'm. if you go back at me in fat, I'm, I'm going to feel bad as well. Mm, yeah, that, <laughs> that's part... What you're wearing now is part soccer jersey, part moo-moo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the, it is. I do have a smaller thing than this, but it's the bad. <laughs> Baggiest thing, which I thought would be nice today. Yeah. Do you only like soccer teams that have your name in it? <laughs> this is Carlsberg, not Kylesberg. Mm, yeah. This is, well, this is everyone has called me Kyle. Have I, did, have I mentioned this? I don't already? think we talked about. No, this I don't think we've talked day, about no. this. Okay, for some reason in America, everyone here is Carl as Kyle. Mm. And it has not. And see, Matt's laughing because do you just think because this happened? No, because other... he's just discovered my name is Carl. <laughs> No, you you started screaming at everybody walking to my house last night. I know the controversy. Twice, twice people have said Kyle and you've gone, it's not Kyle, it's Kyle. And everyone in the room's just turned around and gone, no, it's fucking asshole is what it is. It's neither Kyle nor Carl. You've just said the same thing twice. I know, but I've even copped it today coming to the studio. I've yet to have someone hear the name properly, which I find amusing because if everyone is thinking my name is Kyle, that makes me Kyle Chandler. So everyone thinks they're meeting Coach from Friday Night Lights every time I walk in. Can I just say the the bloke doing the engineering for us, Dustin, looks very embarrassed because he was the one who did that to you when we came in. You did call me Kyle today, didn't you? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's real broke up about it. Well, I mean, that's because we've got another two weeks here. Well, what's the solution, does, Matt? Does he need to start well, saying Well, like he Carl? said to me last... Yes. I mean, that's how we say that name. Mm. Carl Malone. Yeah. But I, start, I said it to someone else and I said, oh, all right, it's it's Carl. And they go, oh, Coral. <laughs> As in the sea? I'm like, oh, all right. Let me hear how you think. Say it again. Co- Coral. Yeah, it does sound like you're making it longer. Yeah, <laughs> you need to. What you need to? I think we worked out last night. You need. You need to say like the hamburgers because there's a chain oh, over okay. here called Carl's Junior. So maybe Your if name's you just in and out. If it, <laughs> Wendy, know, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Chandler. Chandler. Yeah, yeah. If they open up a Kyle's old, hamburgers, old In and Out Chandler. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but it's, it's weird because if I start to say Carl or whatever it is, it's like that one little bit of American in the middle of all the rest of Australia. So you then start start to sound like those foreigners that are on the bus when you hear them go helicopter. Yeah. Oh man, the the I'm I'm. 
And what you if, wonder why they're talking about a helicopter? They're going to crash it into something. <laughs> so you better report those people that just go blah, 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 yeah. helicopter. Yeah, that's that's the sort of talk that's going to get you beat up on the street. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so you part of your role also uh, as host of the Earwolf Challenge was you, you, you had to do, you had to judge the shows, kind of, that was part of it as well. That was you the were, fun part. Mm, and the I, other well, part I was, gonna, was boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it would have been the other way. I mean, how comfortable, really? were, well, how comfortable are you, like, having people, you know, put, put their, you know, their comedy in front of you and, and, you know, sort of be in a position where you're saying that's funny or that's not good, like... Incredibly easy. It falls, <laughs> off, falls off the bone. <laughs> Judging, criticism. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fall out of bed doing that. But what about, um, like... Yeah, that's fun. That's the easy part. Uh, saying the rules and getting intros right and the structure of the show, that's the hard part and the I boring part. I did notice by Ep 2 you were already over <laughs> introducing the show in the intro. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You gotta make things clear, but you can't treat people like they're stupid either. And yeah. I, at a certain point, I felt like if they're listening to this many shows, they got it. Well, what about? Um, I mean, you've been you've been performing a long time. What about heckles? Have you ever gotten any any? We, we love great heckles. I respect show. heckles, Zach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I way more than what people do on anonymously on a forum. At least the heckler it, has I to have a ch- it. I have a chance to come back at him, and he's right there in front of me. Mm. You know, and we can go back and forth, and we're kind of on equal footing. He's an asshole for ruining everybody else's show, so that's why any heckler sucks. Mm. But uh, at least they're there. Have you had any particularly great ones over the years that you can that you can recall? Yeah, I do this Pope character uh, ever <laughs> since Ratzinger became Pope, the Nazi Pope. And uh, Sinead O'Connor came in one night and <laughs> a little past Sinead, but uh, <laughs> uh, she was more of a John Paul hater, wasn't she? But uh, anyway, I was referencing, obviously, all the pedophilia in the church and this guy threw a chair at me. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I know. He was uh, a big Catholic, apparently. How do, you, how do you come back from getting a chair lobbed at you? I I started laughing, man, because <laughs> it, it it didn't hit me. It kind of just clanked across the stage, <laughs> and uh, it really got everybody in the audience going. It wasn't a big audience either, so it, it had this really weird feel to it. Another time, this woman was um, I was doing this kind of more Andy Kaufman type of bit, where in the middle of my stand up I was like I'm sorry I didn't get to eat dinner tonight I'm really hungry and I can't continue my set unless I eat something real quick so I take out some potato chips and eat them really slowly right next to the microphone so it sounds really loud and gross and this woman was talking through the bit and like kind of ruining the sound and the the awkward moment of it I like how she's ruining your little amplified eating Your That's little, my bit. Your little <laughs> fat little C in the. <laughs> but she starts talking about something else, you know, and uh, so I threw my potato chips and just. You don't think that you'd be able to throw potato chips too perfectly? It seems like they just would just go everywhere, but somehow it just perfectly went across the room and hit her in the face. Because oh, there's a chance of getting a bit of salt in the eye too. That it's. Oh, uh, I bet they were uh, salt and vinegar too. Oh, that's good. We uh, uh, during the the challenge, um, uh, I think I mentioned it to you one time when when Tommy was away. Um, when we would finish talking to you guys. Tommy would then mimic your voice every time. He did a lot of mimicking your voice. I think we should probably hear it. So you're saying after I hung up, (laughs) that's what he would do. (laughs) So we both did something after the hang up. 
we just became fascinated early days with how you would introduce our show because you would always say it in this way where it sounded like you couldn't quite believe that this was a phrase that you were saying. It was like, okay, now we're going to listen to the little dum-dum club. Like, just this, this tilt on the yeah. end of like, is this, is this for real? Yeah, how did these idiots slip through the net? Okay, Tommy, okay. Carl. That was it. That was the key. We, we were both trying to perfect our, mm, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of my okays... That was Actually, a bad one. Probably, yeah, that, that's not it. I know what you're talking about. It's, <laughs> it's when someone tells me an idea and I'm like, I don't know if that's going to work. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Now, there it is. That's a classic. <laughs> let's, let's, let's isolate that and make it a... I'm going to make that my message tone on my phone. Okay. Yeah. So um, it is nice to have you in here. We, uh, we, we were guests on your show last night, mm-hmm. your chat show, uh, The Backroom, which was... Uh, very, it, it became fun, but to start with was a very strange uh, thing for us. Do you know, explain to the listeners a bit about uh, what the show is, in case they haven't uh, seen it before. I do it on uh, yaoi.com at least once a month, sometimes once a week. But um, I ha- it's, you, can, you, you can see us on videos. It's not just a podcast. And it's live streaming on yaoi.com. And also people watching can get on their webcams and talk to us, which is kind of unique. And they ask us questions and whoever the guests are, plus the characters I have. So I'm playing a character, D- Dr. Agrokaki, and then I have all these characters in my um, garage with me. Mm. They're supposedly from around the neighborhood. And then I have two real non-character guests come on, or one. And uh, I interview them, and then I kind of ask the same questions to the characters that I ask to the real people. It's mm. kind of how it works. Yeah. So to, um, we, we were also discussing this in the car on the way back from your what, your, your character, Doctor Agro Cocky. Yeah, what's what's the character there? Because to us, it just seemed like you wearing sunglasses <laughs> and a handkerchief around your mouth, but a little more aggressive, hopefully. But uh, I used to do. It just seemed like you had uh, had uh, sunglasses on, so you didn't have to put visine in or something. Would that, would that be fair? <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> um. Uh, do you guys know Gigi Allen? Vaguely, Ever heard of yeah, him? Yeah, he's a per- like performance artist that used to go nuts. Yeah, he used to shit on stage yeah. and stuff. And there's this other guy, El Duce, who's in this band called The Mentors. Do you happen to know them? I know who El Duce is because he was in. The, was he in the documentary yes, of uh, exactly. Kurt and Courtney? Exactly. And he was supposedly hired by Courtney yes. Love to kill Kurt Cobain. And that's how he talks, if yeah. you remember. Yeah, he kind of yeah. talks. I'm El Duce. Yeah. <laughs> so I always loved. How he talks, and he's so aggressive. He used to be in this band called The Mentors, and they were the kings of rape rock. (laughs) Our next song is called Going Through Your Purse. It's about when I'm doing ya in my room. My boys, they're in the other room going through your purse. <laughs> I like the kings of rape rock. Like, yeah. not just not just any old dancers of rape rock. They're, they're on like high echelon. Donahue and Oprah and all those all those kind of serious shows so, in America. Like people going, why would you sing rape rock? <laughs> don't you think your rape rock encourages rape? We don't care. <laughs> they so wore, much, like, executioner hoods. So much more influential to the teens than the, the, the rape folk that's out there as well. <laughs> but El, El Duce, wasn't he then... Like, I remember watching that documentary or whatever it was. It's um, called uh, Kurt and Courtney. Kurt and Courtney. It's yeah, a great yeah. documentary, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, who's the director again? Who's that? Uh, that is his name Nick, Nick Blumenfeld? That's him, Nick Blumenfeld. 
So he was talking, and it was it looked pretty ridiculous. His conspiracy theories that he was because he looks ridiculous, like as if Courtney <laughs> Love has met him and gone, "Can you kill my husband?" Right. But when the, you talk to him, he's uh, he's like outside his mobile home, and he's like cooking up some skirt yeah, steak yeah. out on a barbecue. <laughs> you want to know how he died? Yeah, that's well, that's what I was going to oh, say. Oh, go ahead. He, wasn't he like? Isn't there a bit where they go, "Oh, he, you know, he seems like cuckoo and whatever," and then they go, "P.S. He was run over by a train a week later." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he fell asleep drunk on the train tracks. <laughs> that's the best way that's for pretty... someone that's hardcore to die is fall asleep drunk on train and tracks. And the cool thing is that Courtney Love uh, put out the contract and a train driver took that contract up to kill yeah. El Duce. No so kidding. He, ta- he spoke she, too much. She paid Amtrak to uh, take out El Duce. So to, to get back on track, you've seen this guy in this film and thought, I'm going to base I actually knew about him before that film. Right. But uh, he... Anyway, but I I think those two guys, Gigi Allen and El Duce, are just hilariously awful. So I based kind of a character on that, right? Just right. being rude to the guest and being anonymous. <laughs> um, now we went to your house last night, Matt, which is a very nice house. Mm. Very, very uh, is that a nice part, part of town? It seems like a nice part of town. Uh, it's not posh by any means, but it's, yeah, it's real. It's okay. Is it not posh? Because you're in amongst all the studios and stuff. You're right near Universal. You're not. Oh yeah, you're right over the road from Universal Studios. That's right. Yeah, it's usually the the higher up in the hills, the better the oh, okay. house. Not to give too much specifics of your address or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, just take a ride on. You'll be fine. Our cab driver couldn't find your house twice, so yeah. I think you'll be fine. I just, I just the thought name of my neighborhood is actually the island. Really, spookily enough, because mm-hmm. there's only one way, only one street into it, because it's kind of surrounded by highways in a way. Right. Wow. Um, I, I was just impressed because it's it's in in Melbourne, in Australia, it's regarded as a nice part of town if you're within a couple of feet of the Jurassic Park ride of anything. <laughs> but, so they do keep around amusement parks looking nice. Yeah. Cool people. <laughs> um, but you're you're there with your with your wa- wife mm-hmm. wife yes um, yeah no it's a really nice place it just uh, I live with my girlfriend and it's really while we've been travelling it's really I think it's strengthened my relationship with my girlfriend because I've been living with Tommy and uh, it just makes me never want to live with a roommate again mm. um, so far uh, uh, living with a woman makes it better yeah 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 of course. Of course. Did you live, um, when you were doing UCB in New York, you would have had uh, a lot of time single, a lot of time rooming with people and stuff like that? Not New York, Chicago. No. Okay. And by New York, I, I was uh, um, <laughs> dating one woman and then dating my wife. Right. Um, so I was not single and happening. Um, but uh, yeah, in Chicago, I went through that scene. Yeah, right. Way back then. Because, uh, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, you see everything on TV, it's all very idealised, the perfect college life, all the perfect, you know, growing up and stuff in New York and whatever. Was it was it crazy or was it... It seems like it would have been crazy, like you guys being at, like, the, the, the UCB theatre and stuff all the time and... Yeah. Lots of ecstasy and weed and drinking. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started doing improv, I... I in Chicago, I could not get on stage until I at least had two beers in me. And our mentor used to call it confidence juice. And he was like, only two. Save the third one for after you get on stage. <laughs> so I felt like you had to have two. So it wasn't even, one wasn't enough. You thought it was a suggestion and you thought it was like a prerequisite. Yeah. You yeah. had to have two. That gives you the confidence. Well, three to 12 after you get off stage. 
Well, you started up the, the Upright Citizens Brigade Theatre in New York, mm-hmm. and then the I take it the Los Angeles one came later. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a gig there on Tuesday night, and that was that was uh, really great to do. And we we actually went and watched a show there on Saturday that you were in, and we we were sort of uh, we were kind of the victims of of a bit of of a bit of racism. In a way, just just by being there. Oh yeah. Oh, no. Did you? Did, did you, I have an Australian joke? Mm, no, 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 not through you. Did you? Did you stick around for the rest of the show? Or did you? Did I you? did not. Okay. Uh, someone. <laughs> one <of> the, <laughs> Can't wait. One of the performers uh, got uh, was looking for a suggestion from the crowd. Got someone up on stage uh-huh. who happened to be an Australian girl. Really? Yep. And one of the questions was, "What are some good things to do in Los Angeles?" And she said, "Oh, just hang out." And try and avoid all the Australian tourists that are around. And I'm not generally like I don't generally whoa, have whoa, much. Whoa, whoa. I'm lost. Yeah, yeah, she the was woman, for real. The woman that got the suggestion was Australian. Yeah, that gave the suggestion. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she was the one that made that comment, or mm. the one on stage. No, no. So no, no. Yeah, she, she got she... brought up on stage, mm-hmm. and they, the performer said to her. What's something good to do in LA? And she said, "Stay away from all the Aussie tourists." Because so she's living. How is she not in Aussie? Because well, she's well, living here. She must have been living here for like twelve yeah. months and is now above, you know, oh, the, the no. us sort of people. Self-hating. I thought. I mean, no, she thought she was like some local LA now. Now that she's got like a green card, it's like boo-hoo over the third world bloody continent down there. Stay. Clear. I would say you guys are the most popular tourists. Period. Well, that's it because we've bowled in here on Saturday night, feeling like, yeah, you know, they're just gonna—they're gonna love us. They're gonna bloody love us. They're gonna be in Subway taking our order, going, "Oh, I love your accents." And yeah. then we go out but for the first they? time, and that's the first thing that happens. I was like, I got really, I got really insecure, and was like, "Oh, are we wanted here? Are we? A, are we? A, I feel like that's." So not- you're saying you haven't gotten that attitude? Hmm? No, I mean we we have gotten not it, really. but but uh, like not but, overly, but yeah. Well, first off, you're in LA. If you went anywhere in the middle of America, you definitely get it. True, yeah. sure, sure. But I mean, is that? But uh, I mean, the American. Come on, man. I'm an American. You go to Europe. You got to pretend to be somewhere else. I forget where I was. I think it's like I was in Greece, and we sat down, and they were like, "Are you Canadian?" And we we're like, "Yeah." <laughs> we're Canadian. Well, we get asked if we're uh, in, uh, from English. England a lot. That's yeah. that's a big thing. So maybe we should just pretend that. Yeah. But why? I'm telling you, you guys are the jolly tourist. I don't well, mean you. No, I don't they're... mean you two in particular. I mean Australians. The cab driver was saying that there's a lot. There's a lot more of yeah, us over here now. The, the Australian dollar is so strong over here now that there does seem to be a lot of Australians over here. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, just taking advantage. Yeah, but and I, the dollar's I, gone back up I do as of yesterday. F- but that is unfair. What that stupid Australian. Well, I'm glad she lives here now. I never want to Why see her you back call in my her country. Out? Hmm? You guys should have called her oh, out. We should have. have we called. should have. Yeah. I mean, it's it's your theatre. Can you maybe track but down her details and have her taken curse. care of for it's us? Not the reservation. Yeah, though. but of course, like she's like stay away from all the Aussie tourists, and then to have two blokes yell from up the back, "Oh, shut up, you stupid bitch!" <laughs> <laughs> Show us not, your tits. Yeah, that's not going to help. Shut up, you <laughs> little C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. So, um, it, it is like you know we're in LA and uh, of all the cliches of Hollywood and stuff. We wanted to ask you about this because we, we we talk about this on the show a bit. We are fascinated by it. Um, audition stories. You must have. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, we, we get some good ones out of just people in Melbourne where it's not as big a thing. Um, in particular, uh, we, we recorded with Paul F. Tom. The other day, and <laughs> off I know mic, where this is going. <laughs> off mic, he was telling us he had a, a bit of an experience with you. He bumped into you at an audition recently. I don't know if you want to talk about that one specifically, but have you got any gr- like good horror audition stories? 
Shouldn't we repeat what this, Paul said? This one, Paul said about. Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Paul, <laughs> Paul said he went to an audition and he and he, as he was going in, you were coming out and you stopped and went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even bother, dude. Don't even bother, man. Don't even go in there. I'm 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 not kidding. Don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said there was much. That was way too. I was running. I was running out of the room, and I looked at him, and I said it in a whisper. The way you just said it almost implies that I stopped and hesitated and had a conversation. No, I was walking very quickly past him, and I said, dude, run out now. And he kind of laughed, and I went, no, I'm not kidding. Run. Run out now. And he goes, I'm already, but I'm already here. And I go, say you're sick, say you're sick. And as I'm saying that, the the casting is behind me coming in to call him in. I'm like, too late. See you later. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, said, a normal audition. Well, what did he say? Sorry, he said when when he got home, then there was a message from you on Twitter going, was I right? How bad was it? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible, man. And I hate this guy. I mean, I don't have a, a ton of bad auditions, as a matter of fact. It's probably like one a year. Like, right. That one in particular really pissed me off because I was excited about it because it was going to be an improvised show. And there aren't many purely improvised shows. Mm -hmm. There are very few, actually. So when I feel I have a leg up when it's a purely improvised show versus every other audition, I feel like, oh, my God, it's it's just like going going gambling. It's just the lottery, you know. There's so many factors, but an improv, I'm like... I'm a good improviser. I might have a good chance here and I have a reputation being a good improviser. So I go in there in this fucking rat, this wet, <laughs> Hang this on. wet sniveling rat. Little rat. Little, little sniveling rat. little rat. Was running the audition and he just thought he was a genius and he just didn't know. I'm not going to bore your listeners about the, the etiquette of improv, but he just did not know it. Like he would not allow me to improvise and he kept... Jumping blocking in, you. telling was he me to, you. He was blocking you, wasn't he? Was, he? he was imp- cock blocking me. That's improv the one thing wise. I know. Improv, about improv blocking. That's bad. Isn't yeah. It? Well, he. Ca- I would say something. He'd go, "Okay, stop, 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 stop. Now say this and go." And I'd <laughs> say that, and he'd go, "Okay, stop, 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 stop. Now say this and go." And I eventually I stopped and went, "Dude, if you keep stopping me," and I never in an audition would talk back to the director like that but I was in my head I was like well I'm never gonna even if I got hired I wouldn't do this show right now and uh, and I said if you keep jumping in how am I improvising I'm just parroting everything you say okay 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 don't get angry don't get angry <laughs> I mean as soon as you have the, someone saying don't get angry in an audition it's over yeah but he had us each in there for 15 to 20 minutes I'm not exaggerating it's like oh my god what is going on but and and I had auditioned for him before, like five years ago, and forgotten about it. But like the last time I did it, he had me on the. Okay, get on the ground and like you're spooning a guy, okay? <laughs> but you don't want people to think you're gay, because you know. So I want you to go. That bell hadn't been rung, and uh, uh, and, um, and it's like you're his puppet. Yeah. You know. Well, here's another thing, and and we'll just we'll, we'll uh, I think we'll tie it off on this. Um, uh, th- th- so far, we've been getting when we talk to uh, people who've done a bit of acting in Australia, we uh, we get some uh, we, tr- we try and get some acting tips, some audition tips. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, because uh, we go well, uh, I go to a lot of fail auditions because I don't know what I'm doing at mm-hmm. all. So like, so far, the tips that Carl has gotten: uh, number one, um, know what you're doing, learn your lines, actually read the script. Before I actually you go needed in. to be told 
that for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the second one, uh, which someone said, was make eye contact. Uh, a friend of ours who acts on TV in Australia sort of said stand-ups aren't used to making yeah. eye contact with people because we're you know you're always looking at however many people mm-hmm. at once. Have you got Have you got anything to add into the into the into the mix? Any any good audition tips? Any, any humping tips? Yeah, I, I'm not a good. I don't have a photographic memory. Some guys do, and they're they're you know they can just read it and they got it. But I wouldn't say be so – it's easy to go, know your lines. Well, it's kind of hard to know your lines. I sometimes get 11 pages of script, so how can I know all my lines? That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'll do is I, I, when I've been on the other side of the table in an audition, I'd rather the person read from the script but act it well than kind of stumble around. Yeah. And yeah. have it paraphrased, and they're trying their best to show how much they memorize. It's like I don't. I'm not here to judge how well you're you are at m- memorizing lines. I'm here to see if you get the lines and you get how to deliver them. So I actually don't mind if they're in their script a little bit. What sucks is if it seems like they're reading it for the first time, or like they don't get the lines and they're looking at their script. Mm. But if they totally get the lines, they keep going back and forth in the script. I don't care. Because I just want them to do well. So I think that's just going to damage Carl more because he's been told, know what you're doing, and now you're telling him, maybe know what you're doing a little bit less. So you That was a terrible interpretation of that. (laughs) (laughs) It just quantifies me. I'm just going to bring my script in from now on and said, oh, mate, Besser over in the US said Mm -hmm. I could just read off this. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. And (laughs) who the fuck are you talking about? Also, don't forget to have your two beers, but don't have three. Right. Yeah, that was better (laughs) advice. Yeah, yeah. Smoke three cones before you go into the What was I thinking? I'm talking Australian. Yeah, two beers before you go into the audition. <laughs> Have a couple of tinnies before you go in, is how you would say that to an Australian. <laughs> guys, I think that is about time to wrap up the show. Matt Besser, thank you thank so much you for joining guys. us. Pleasure to be in the same room as you and uh, and meet you and, and be Yeah, can I plug? Can I uh, yeah. go right for I would it. love to have some fans from down under, but go to mattbesser.com and learn about my movie Freak Dance the movie, which is coming out. And uh, at Matt Bester on Twitter. Thanks a lot, guys. And in the back room, I highly re- recommend people yeah. watching the back room after the experience we had last night, which is yeah. very yeah, funny. That's pretty crazy. We started. We started. You can the see their arc, their archived show there. Oh, cool. We started the campaign in your living room last night to get you to Australia for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So, get on board, Australia. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then we can cool. finally fulfill that dream of getting you into our studio at home and making you sing "Born in the USA" yeah. or uh, "Kumbaya" or whatever. Whatever, whatever the fuck you little Americans like to sing. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, check us out on Facebook or on Twitter at Dum Dum Club. If you want to send us an email, little club at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. See you, mate. See you, mates. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>